0: What's up, everyone? Welcome to The Roadmap, Benzinga's new NFT show. Last few episodes, we've had some great interviews, some great teams, the Vogu Collective, Roboto's, the Doge Pound, Oniforce, Crypto Dads, Dizzy Dragon, Sup Duck, and more. We also did an NFT giveaway. Definitely stay tuned for more NFT giveaways in the future. We've got a great show today, a great interview pixel vault founder g funk joining us guys this is the roadmap
1: get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com
0: all right guys you heard me say it benzinga's new nft show covering the latest news headlines and top interviews from top projects in the nft world if you're new here we currently air Tuesdays and Thursdays, 2 p.m. Eastern Time. We're working on getting more shows going. Uh, we, we've got an exciting show coming up today. Before I talk about that, I want to bring on my co-host, Maz. Maz, what's going on, buddy?
1: Yo, what's going on, Chris? Uh, exciting episode today. It feels like we haven't been here in a while. It's been a week since we did our last show, But today's episode is going to be amazing. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing great. Yeah, we've got a great week planned. And before, I mean, for those of you who follow Benzinga on Twitter or read the articles, you probably already heard who our interview guest is on Thursday. If not, we'll talk about that at the end of today's show. But we have two of the biggest NFT projects out there, both joining us this week. I mean, one week to catch two of these big projects. So if you're new here, go ahead, smash that like subscribe to Benzinga's YouTube channel. That's where you're going to get notifications when we're live. You're going to hear all about our great guests. So Maz, uh, before we bring on our guests, let's talk a little bit. Who do we have coming on the roadmap today?
1: Yeah. So we have G Funk, aka the comic man joining us today. And you know, I've been in the space for a couple months and I hear his name all the time. Nothing but good things. You know, love the Pixel Vault project, love what they're doing with the planets. And just there's just so many things to talk about, which, you know, I'm excited for that. And uh, yeah, so how do you feel?
0: Yeah, I feel great. I mean, this is one of those projects where, yeah, if, if you're, you've been in the NFT space for a little while, if you're not completely new, you've likely heard of Pixel Vault, Punks Comics, Meta Hero. You've heard those names, right? Well, today we're going to dive into the background, right? How did those come to be and what's ahead? I mean, you talk about NFT projects that could have lasting value and lasting. Pixel Vault is building, I mean, an entire NFT ecosystem a game. So I'm so excited to, to get into that. And for anyone, you know, here in the chat, We're going to be taking questions for G-Funk. And if we have time at the end of the interview, one of the things we're doing on the show, right, Maz, is asking questions right from the chat. So feel free. Drop those questions in. Uh, Me, Maz, and the producers will try to get to those, you know, at the end and pull up some of our favorite questions so you never know what's going to get asked. But, Maz, I know there is a ton of people here excited and ready to hear from the man himself, G-Funk. But before we bring him on, We have this trailer that we made to get everyone hyped. So everyone out there, smash the like, sit back, and get ready to hear about Pixel Vault. Let's go. right right it's time oh, yeah i mean hopefully everyone hyped up we're ready to go we we've got a great show so without further ado let me bring on to the roadmap. g funk hey what's going on
2: g funk what's up man loving the walk-in music i appreciate that <laughs> yeah
0: we made you a whole tra- a whole trailer and everything i mean that's how Epic. big this episode is we we appreciate Coming on, um, again as Mass said, you know, one of those names in the space that is very familiar, you know, to anyone who's been following NFTs for a while. So we have respect for you, and we are so excited to talk all things Pixel Vault today. So Absolutely. let's dive into some questions. So I'm gonna kick it off here. You know, G Funk. Before we get into Pixel Vault. Uh, let's hear a little bit about your experience in the NFT world before you created Pixel Vault.
2: Yeah, so I've been in crypto since 2014. Um, I'm an entrepreneur in real life. And so a lot of those gains, uh, unfortunately, were a bit muted as I was, as I was uh, taking profits on the way up. And I started to get exposure to the NFT space at the end of last year. Um, I got really into Top Shot. Started to get into CryptoPunks, pretty similar uh, pathway into the NFT world as I think a lot of our collectors have had. Um, and I have a background in the entertainment space, um, so you know, very familiar with developing IP. And I saw this opportunity that that uh, was starting to become clear early this year that certain people on Twitter were starting to develop personalities. You know, whether they be Beanie or G Money guys like that. Where they had these avatars and were starting to kind of connect their personal brands to them. But at that point in time, nobody had, had really started to develop IP in a traditional sense behind NFTs. And so that was the birth of Pixel Vault. Um, it's basically a business designed to, to drive intellectual property, drive value to NFTs, which are otherwise obviously stagnant on chain. Um, so that was sort of the birth of the comic in the, the run-up there to that first Christie's auction. Uh, very exciting time. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy how much has happened in the last six months or so, but uh, super happy to be here and see all the progress that has been made and uh, only up from here, I think.
0: That's right. It, it's hard to believe it's only been, you know, six yeah said that and I mean it seems like a lifetime um, with all the stuff that has been created so one of the things when we talk about nft projects a lot is artwork right and I know that you have chris wall a former you know uh, marvel dc and other artist uh how did that relationship come to be and how involved is chris wall on the current and future projects
2: yeah, so that's actually a really funny story. So um, when I approached Beanie with this idea uh, for the Punks comic, he actually just sent out a tweet saying, like, basically, money is no object. Like, we want the best artists in the world. Uh, we're thinking of developing a project. I don't know if, if he mentioned uh, that it was, a like, a, a comic book based on CryptoPunks or not. But, um, yeah, and Chris was one of the people that responded to that tweet. And uh, I just started talking to him and looking through his work. Um, obviously, he's been a part of a lot of great projects, but Tank Girl is sort of like what he's most notable for. And very quickly in looking at his work, I just knew it was the perfect fit for uh, what we were trying to to create with the Punks comic. And yeah, he, he's, the, he's the chief comic artist moving forward. Uh, we have issue two well underway. We have a, a large corporate partner that's, uh, you know, as much as I love them, slowing the process down a bit. So uh, issue two is currently planned for sometime in November. We'll we'll see how the dates change, uh, but yeah, Chris is very much a, a big part of the future of Pixel Vault.
0: Awesome, yeah, and we're definitely going to show some of those images here throughout the interview. Love the artwork. I, I know there's a lot of big fans out there as well. well you mentioned that this, you know, six months. So. When Punk's Comic first launched, it was not a fast sellout, Um, you know, something we're seeing now in the NFT space. So what was it like in the beginning? Was there always a belief, you know, that this project would sell out and find an audience?
2: Yeah, so I mean, you know, for for sure, I believed in the vision, right? And I think that time has, has really paid dividends to the people that understood the concept. But I think still today, you know, I mean, if you look at the planets, there's still supply available. Granted, we we intentionally designed it to, to make it available to anybody that wanted to join the community. But I think you're really seeing people focus on kind of this like lotto scratcher feel, right? Everybody wants those rarity traits and it's all PFPs and stuff that seem to be selling out instantly now, regardless yeah. of if the project is moving the community forward, you know, I think unfortunately you're seeing like a lot of copy paste type stuff happening. But uh, with that said, you know, with with great risk comes great reward. So yeah, it took like five weeks for the comic to sell out. Um, but really sort of building on this idea of a quote unquote, decentralized Disney is like this buzzword you'll hear, um, you know, giving the community, the opportunity to have fractional ownership in these underlying 16 CryptoPunks that we're actively developing story around, right? Um, as we succeed, the community succeeds. And I think that just as sort of an overall theme for Web3, that that's gonna be very powerful and be a really disruptive force within traditional media. And you know, as things have progressed over the last six months, starting to approach these traditional media partners um, you know, it's been, it's been interesting, the reception. And I think that a lot of them are fearful of being the next Blockbuster, right? Blockbuster didn't want to adapt to the Netflix yeah. model. So um, there's actually been a pretty great willingness so far with uh, major media partners to, to start exploring, developing this IP in a traditional sense. But yeah, I mean, you know, trying to blaze new frontiers. I, I think this is the way things are going. And um, you know the people that have believed have, have been rewarded so far, but certainly some sleepless nights along the way.
1: Absolutely, love that man. Um, can you walk us through the decision to make a burning mechanism for the comics?
2: Yeah. So um, at the time, I don't I don't think really anybody was doing this, but yeah, sort of a core proposition of Pixel Vault is this idea that when you're collecting. the the end result of your collection is very much going to be a result of your own decisions. So trying to create as many 50-50 toss-up decisions as we can, you know, are you somebody that uh, leans into risk? Are you risk averse? You know, do you love the comic? Do you like gaming? Um, All sorts of decisions that I think ultimately reflect the choices of the individual, the risks they want to take, how they see their collection shaping how actively they want to be engaged in the community, right? The game that we're building is very much going to be a community-built project with all these DAOs. So, you know, we we like to introduce as many decisions as we can, and you know, some people love it, some people hate it. It's certainly a uh, a frequent complaint I hear about Pixel Vaults is that it's it's too complicated. And so, you know, I, I take that I take that criticism to heart, and I'm gonna. Try and find ways to make things more clear. Uh, but certainly, mm-hmm. you know, we've tried to do weekly spaces. We're trying to lay out everything very clearly on the website. But uh, I really like this sort of like Willy Wonka nature of Pixel Vault. Yeah. Um, I think it makes it a lot of fun and it's really built a very strong community. But, you know, it's not going to be for everyone. You have to sort of be engaged with Pixel Vault to, to get and catch everything that's happening.
1: Exactly. Yeah, you're building a whole universe around it, which is awesome. So speaking of that, mer- meta heroes, uh, how close to a game are we?
2: Yeah, so I mean, the game is going to take quite a bit of time. Um, with that said, we're looking to stagger it intelligently so that, you know, people aren't waiting two, three years to, to see any sort of game development. Um, so sort of this first look and first uh, action with characters, we're looking to hopefully be about a year out. But you know, it, it's really too early to confirm any sort of timeline because we're we're really actively engaged right now in the process of of working with different game development studios. So um, myself and the knot and a couple other members of our team are taking you know a handful of meetings every week with with different game dev shops, and uh, there are a couple that stick out. Uh, hopefully, more news coming on this in the near future, but. You know, leveraging some of our own contacts and uh, our teams experiencing game development and then also the relationship with WME. They're opening some doors. I actually have a meeting with um, our rep in, in gaming with WME tonight. So just continuing nice. to look for potential partners and uh, certainly we're going to bring on a lot of experienced individuals in game dev. So it, it will not just be our, our team right now of 18. We're, yeah. we're either going to be hiring probably a team of 50 or working more likely with an experienced game dev shop. So, um, still too early to commit to timelines, but, uh, you know, we have the resources that we need and the expertise right now on the team, and we'll be hiring a few other key individuals on the team, uh, to execute on this. So very exciting. Um, but still definitely early days in that. Love process. that
1: though. It's coming though. Right. So that's awesome. to hear. For sure. For sure. Um, In the beginning, when you were launching Punk's Comics, was this always the plan to create this, you know, world and game around the meta heroes?
2: Yeah, so the the game sort of developed over time, but there was always this idea to expand uh, the universe of IP that tied in with the comic. So if you look at like early days of DC and Marvel, right, originally comics were just humans, right? And then with the introduction of Superman and then eventually Batman, et cetera, now, comics are pretty much synonymous with superheroes so beginning in issue three we're going to sort of merge the two worlds of punk's comic and meta hero and there's the potential that there may be some offshoot comics as well but um yeah i, I think it's going to be really fun seeing the those two worlds intertwined and uh in the interim we're going to be releasing this project called origin stories which will be you know every two to four weeks will be sort of like a like a backstory on maybe a more minor character Uh, origin stories being a nod to origin city, which is where the headquarters of the pixel vault is uh, in crypto voxels. So um, that's going to let us sort of interact with the community more frequently, really build the IP um, in a serious way as we look to develop, you know, animated series and whatnot with traditional media partners. So um, I think that that's going to be a really beneficial thing as we, we build out the comic and the lore there. Uh, and you'll see a lot more backstory on the heroes and the punks themselves.
1: Love that. Can you share any details on how different heroes will be utilized in the game? Uh, specifically speaking of, you know, ones from different planets, uh, any advantages or disadvantages that, disadvantages that they'll have?
2: Yeah, so uh, the Virtue Knot has talked about this quite a bit. We don't want to create a situation where it's like uh, a pay to win mechanic. We want yeah. to reward uh, our early collectors in a way that it, it distinguishes the character in game and maybe provides like a very minor benefit. But, um, you know, there are also intelligent ways that, you know, maybe they earn at a, at a higher rate. So with the, the play to earn mechanics that are becoming popular that you see with Axie and stuff you know, maybe the identities and sidekicks uh, are able to have, you know, a small advantage in that realm as well. But overall, you know, you can think of it as like a a skin, like a very uh, high level notable skin uh, being sort of uh, at the, at the very forefront of developing this game. But as part of that, right, we wanted to tie them to these planet tokens because, for these original identity holders, it's not just about driving value to their identity NFT, right? They're also very much an owner, developer, participant in in the game itself. So as the game succeeds, so too do these early NFT holders. So it, it was important for us to, to sort of tie those together so that it wasn't kind of like a dilutive experience as we expand the game verse and whatnot. But um yeah trying trying to make it so that future entrants can can still get into the game and have fun we don't want to take the fun out of it or it won't yeah. be a success so you know there's a balancing act there but i think having these early holders also have dao tokens is a sort of an important aspect in in balancing the reward system there yeah absolutely
0: like so you know one thing we've noticed lately, and I'm sure you've seen this G Funk, is that the NFT space is moving so fast and people are, you know, looking for news updates on a daily cycle. They want, you know, the next big project. They want the immediate reward. So what is it like, you know, to take the long here building with one of the largest teams in NFTs when the NFT world is kind of moving more to the short term side of things?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's tough. And I've been tweeting a lot about this in the last couple weeks. I mean, you're seeing like a lot of really prominent NFT sort of personalities talking about being burnt out. And, you know, it's real. I mean, I, I feel the need to sort of like constantly be providing updates and, you know, people put a lot of time, effort and money into this project, right? So I take that extremely seriously, but you don't really want to be building uh, a business worried about the floor price of an NFT, right? So, um, you know, the people that bought Punk's comic, right? As it sat there on the shelf for five weeks, ultimately saw, you know, 50, 100 X on their original uh, purchase, right? So, you know, if ultimately you try and sort of block out the noise and understand that there are going to be peaks and valleys in every cycle and try to just keep like a mid to long-term viewpoint on this. Um, you know, right now the floor is down right Uh, across most projects. And, you know, I, I have people, you know, messaging me all the time, sort of in a panic, but it's like, you know, if, if, if they knew the meetings I was taking every day, I'm sure they wouldn't be panicking. Right. But like, that's also not how you run a business. So, um, you know, just, just I think patience will be rewarded. Uh, certainly the partners that we're working with are, are working at like a breakneck pace for these traditional corporations, but it's not like how NFTs work. So trying to balance it, trying to give people sort of like a peek behind the curtain as much as I can um, while remembering, you know, it's about the long game. Don't give in to the FUD. Just like keep building, but it's hard uh, for sure.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, So, you know, you mentioned that people who bought comic, you know, saw a, a big return, right? 50X, 100X. And with that said, it may have priced some people out of, you know, the Pixel Vault ecosystem. So there was the recent Planet launch. Why was it important to offer access to people who maybe missed out on comics and pixel vault before, you know, the opportunity to buy into the planets at the lower tier.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, as much as we love rewarding our existing community and we've done that a bunch of times already, uh, you know, expanding into this game verse, I mean, ultimately there will need to be hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people in this game verse to be it for, for it to be truly successful. Yeah, I don't think you're you're seeing I think you need to connect MetaMask to see like the updated numbers. But um yeah, so I mean we wanted the the price to be low enough for new people to join the community. Uh, obviously that was a very common question I would get on Twitter, Discord, like, hey, I'm interested, but you know, I, I think at the I think right now like the comic is seven and a half ETH or something, right? Um it's a ton of money. So um you know, pricing the lowest comic or the lowest planet at 0.5 ETH, giving them the opportunity to get now two different planets, right? Whatever they mint plus Jupiter. If you followed along with that story and lore that we developed there, uh, that was, that was kind of fun on Twitter. Um, but yeah, two planets and ultimately two sidekicks. Again, all of these original participants in the ecosystem, we wanted them to, to ultimately have a character that they can use in game you know, if you're taking the time, resources, effort to build the game, like, you should probably have a character. So, um, yeah, I mean, for 0.5 ETH, you can participate in two different planetary DAOs and have either two different sidekicks or an upgraded sidekick uh, with with the burn mechanism there. You know, ultimately, companies need to grow. Uh, We can't always just sort of reinforce the existing community. So we tried to have like a huge supply, again, to avoid gas wars, to let anybody that wanted to get in, in, Um, and then find like interesting ways to create a deflationary supply with that Jupiter mechanic. And then ultimately whatever doesn't sell will be taken back to the upDAO, which is sort of this like central governance mechanism for the game. And the community will decide when they want to sort of release future tranches for, for funding the development of the game. Perfect.
0: You mentioned sidekicks there. I, I want to talk a little bit about this. So um, can you share any update on the timeline for when sidekicks will be released and talk a little bit about leveling will work um, with being able to burn sidekicks?
2: Yeah, so the, the Sidekick Mint Pass will be coming soon. So that'll probably be the first couple weeks of November. So similar to what we did with the generative identities, you'll first get the Mint Pass um, to the community based on what you're holding. Uh, and then later, you'll be able to burn that Mint Pass for your Sidekicks. Um, so the Sidekicks themselves, I would say, are probably not until Q1 of next year um given the larger supply of sidekicks uh it's going to take some time uh we we do have like a fun way to interact with the community coming up in the development of these sidekicks um and then to your point there's also going to be this fun sort of deflationary mechanic where you'll be able to level up your sidekicks. so right now the concept is five different levels of sidekicks and we haven't finalized the the total burn counts but whether it be one to five mint passes or one to 20, um, there's a chance we sort of scale it interestingly there. But um, yeah, again, creating an environment where the community shapes the ultimate uh, experience and, and ecosystem uh, is, is really important to us. So seeing you know how people wanna play it, right? Do you want five low level sidekicks or do you want one premium? So it'll be fun to see where the final numbers end up. I, I assume, um, you know, the, the maximum supply was something like 115,000. The way we're creating it was to try and get down to somewhere around a 50,000 number. But, you know, we plan and the community does what it will. Uh, so it, sh- it should be interesting.
0: Awesome. Uh, one thing that, you know, PixelVault has uh, become known for is... Adding surprise value to mentors. So, you know, we saw Punks comic mentors get a mint pass for a meta hero. Meta hero mint pass holders had the opportunity to win a free core hero. Um, You know, and now the planet mentors also getting a free Jupiter planet and sidekick. Can you talk about, you know, why this is important and how it adds value to those early adapters?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, from, from like a price perspective, obviously every time we, we reward the community, obviously the price of everything reacts. Right. So, so that's awesome to the existing community, but from more of like a structural standpoint, right? Like, as we release things into the community, who does it make the most sense to, to have those items go to? You know, ultimately, a lot of them will sell in the secondary and take some profit along the way. And in turn, that expands the community to those people that are picking it up on secondary. But you, know, you really do want to reward those people that are actually helping you build the thing. Um, again, turning back to those five weeks of sleepless nights where I was like, well, you know, did I make a mistake? Um, yeah, I, I was literally all in with everything I owned uh, to launch this project. Uh, and then some, honestly. So, you know, it's it's been a wild year, but like I take these people's support like incredibly seriously and to heart. So, you know, wanting to see the community sort of succeed alongside the project just makes sense, providing these reward mechanisms. And also, you know, it, it defeats kind of like the gas wars and the botting and all of that. So finding interesting ways to here and there expand into a public sale, but for the most part trying to reward existing community. And we have some more stuff up our sleeve, but uh, I'm gonna leave people to speculate.
1: Nice. So G Funk, DAO is a term that we're hearing in NFTs a lot lately. Um, I'm curious to hear, can you tell us a little bit more about the DAO in the Pixel Vault? You know, like when will voting begin and uh, you know, where are they being set up?
2: Yeah, so uh, So the the Founders DAO, right, which is sort of our art DAO, but really kind of like a, a core community of like long-term collectors. Uh, I mean, I don't really know that any NFT project was was interacting with a DAO in that way when we launched it, but certainly yeah. you're seeing them like everywhere now. And I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> our, our Gameverse, you know, there are they're 10 there alone. So... Um, <laughs> I don't know if you've been following sort of the drama with the moon, the moon burn, but 17 people uh, tried to interact directly with the contract oh, yeah, and that. ended up burning their comics. Just poof, gone. Uh, and that's like 30k a pop. So uh, that will be the first use case for, for voting for any of these DAOs. Uh, we're going to get the moon voting up. And ultimately, the community of token holders for the moon will decide You know, if they want to make them whole with this supply, we've set aside of 17 moons. Um, And, you know, I have some opinions in that regard. You know, most of these people uh, weren't flippers, right? They were just like sort of panicked that they were going to get locked out because the button wasn't working for a couple minutes. I was telling them, like, just wait, it's fine. You'll be okay. But, you know, people will do what they will. FOMO is a hell of a drug. So uh, we're going to get this vote probably initially using a mechanic like Snapshot. And then ultimately we're going to, to develop like a custom UI experience across all of our DAOs. And that's something the Virtue Knot has spoken about a lot. Um, so that's something that's going to be built sort of in conjunction as, as we're building out the Gameverse. But probably initially um, Snapshot through our website and, uh, and then more of like a custom build over time. But uh, I would say that all of them should be up in the next few months. Um, They all have already been established uh, from a legal standpoint with our our firm Fenwick and West, who have done just like an awesome job given sort of the unique nature of these 10 DAOs interacting with one another. But from from the technical implementation standpoint, that's going to be like a primary focus after we get staking out for, for the MetaHero identities and the comic here in, I don't know, roughly the next two weeks.
1: Nice. Do you see the Discord community for the DAOs uh, being able to expand you know for, to more channels for more complex coordination and projects in the future?
2: Yeah, so we just recently opened up uh, Planetary channels. Uh, so we had only ever had two channels, sort of the main uh, non-gated channel and then the Pixel Vault Founders DAO channel which you yeah. had to have the founders token to get in. Uh, and now yeah. you can get into these gated, uh, you know, Earth, Pluto, et cetera. Um, so, you know, we see a lot of interaction happening there, um, but ultimately, you know, we would like it all to be built into sort of like a cohesive voting experience. I mean, with what you see with snapshot, I mean, there are, there are ways for the community to interact there, but it's, it's all a bit limited right? Arian, um, mean, we're early days. I I, I actually think what Snapshot has is really great. But finding ways to make it a more social experience, I think is going to be really important for DAOs moving forward. Um, so, you know, we're going to try our hand at that. I, I'm sure there will be uh, more products and services that come along on the way. But uh, trying to find ways to allow the community to like really interact in the decision making is going to be hugely important in the development of the game among other things uh so we're we're gonna try our hand at that but at the outset here it'll be snapshot
1: nice um there's a lot of game theory around pixel vault products you know so how do we explain the punks comic the fund the founders dow uh you know a meta hero on the planets to someone that is just joining the nft world like what's the yeah, best this- way that you describe it
2: yeah, I mean, the, the rabbit hole is deep here, so, so <laughs> this could take a second. But uh, I would say that it's it's a project based around IP, right? At its very core, what Pixel Vault aims to do is develop IP in the Web3 environment in a way that not only will the company succeed, but so will the community. And along that journey, um, you're faced with choices for how you want your collection to to be tilted, right? Do you want to have exposure to this very unique collection of art and participate more broadly along with, you know, 5,000 of your closest friends in really everything Pixel Vault? That's the Founders DAO. That was the choice to burn the comic for the Founders DAO. Or, you know, do you want to have more of a direct control over some rewards as it relates to the IP in the punks tokens right these fractionalized 16 punks. well that would be staking the comic and some of the people in that route it it wasn't even so much that they wanted the punks tokens but they really wanted this physical so there's the physical comic that will be shipped uh and the fulfillment for that is going to start probably in early november um so if you can stake the comic you can collect your physical and you know we hope that to be like a really cool collectors item so i'd say staking and you know ownership over uh, really everything as it pertains reward wise is is directly going to you uh, that would be the comic route then you also recently had this opportunity to burn for the moon dao yeah. and the moon dao is is sort of the same concept as the founders dao but applied to the gameverse right so this is Again, this like really loyal community of supporters who had to make this choice to burn a seven and a half ETH comic that they also were probably holding for quite some time. So we see the moon functioning in kind of like a similar, not necessarily governance because they're they're all equal, but kind of like uh, having a really long-term perspective for the overall benefit of the game and the universe. Um, That was the choice to burn the comic for the moon. And then each of these planetary DAO tokens, you know, y- you have direct exposure into the ultimate success of a gaming platform that we're trying to build together. So, you know, you see products like Sandbox, right? Uh, you see a, a lot of teasers. I, I think they're releasing soon, you know, not on wood, hopefully. But um, ultimately all of those rewards flow back to Sandbox and inamocha right? Um, Here, what we're building together will actually flow back to the community. So I think it's a really cool sort of technological and sociological experiment for the power of what Web3 can do. Uh, DAOs, Web3, NFTs, really trying to leverage all of these technologies in a way that I think is pretty clearly the direction for the future, but just doing it at kind of like this early stage in their development. And then the meta heroes obviously are, are a really awesome way to actually be able to play in that game, but also participate in kind of like the comic ecosystem, given everything that we're doing there to, to develop the IP with you know, traditional media partners, whether it be like a Netflix or a Universal or, or whomever we end up deciding to partner with, um, you know, trying to get like an animated series that's, that's distributed more broadly to bring you know, hopefully new people, not only into NFTs, but into the the technology, um, building value behind that IP. Uh, so that's kind of like the happy medium, I would say is the, the meta hero generative identities because yeah. you get to participate in both the game, but also kind of the traditional IP path of the punks comic.
1: Well said, man. And the game theory is what makes NFT so fun. So I'd love to hear how, you know, there's so much game theory here. Um, let's kind of switch a little bit. So, you know, let's talk a little bit about, you know, if you've been in the NFT space for a while, you've most likely heard of Beanie, you know, so is anybody watching, how did your relationship with Beanie start and how's your relationship currently? I know he is now an advisor to Pixel Vault.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, none of this would have been possible without him. I mean, I, I've talked pretty publicly that I, in crypto, as of last November, so less than a year ago, I had 20K, right? Uh, and and now we have like this very successful business. So I'm like really grateful that that he saw the vision of what this could be. Um, he put up something like $3 million in assets to make the Founders Dow and all that collection of punks possible, which was really kind of the, the core of what the comic was, right? We needed these fractionalized punks in order to sort of build this story, this decentralized Disney kind of project. Um, and, and how we met, I mean, uh, in kind of like, I think he had just made uh, a trade with Pranksy uh, on Twitter. Like he, he had only like 100, 200 followers. Uh, and I messaged him, the, the original interaction didn't go very well, uh, you, you know, he was kind of a dick. And, but I stuck at it. Like I thought that he knew some things and I I was trying to learn at that point in time. Uh, and you know, we sort of built a friendship. Um, and then sports cheetah, Preston, another one of our original partners. Um, he and I had, had, uh, started to buy some NFTs together early this year. We, we had a crypto punk together. Uh, and then we decided we wanted to buy this, uh, this Euler Beats OG. I don't know if any of you are familiar with Euler Beats, but um, really cool economic model. Uh, and you know, it, it's popped up here and there. We're actually planning to use some of that model uh, with issue two and some of our collectible covers. But it was like this, this huge project that was kind of like the hot project of the moment. Um, each of these OGs generated a royalty, right? And I think the first four days before they announced this Series 2 of Enigma, uh, we made like 10 ETH, 70 ETH, 70 ETH, 70 ETH in royalties just off holding this NFT in, in four days. Um, so uh, Preston and I decided that we wanted to buy uh, this OG from Beanie. Beanie was selling it for 100 ETH because he wanted to buy the LP1 and uh it was my anniversary with my now fiance then my girlfriend and um we so we're at dinner and beanie has decided okay like he'll he'll do this deal with preston and i for hundred e um and like preston's on a zoom with beanie i'm at dinner uh for my anniversary i have the ETH that i need to send to beanie my phone dies uh, I'm like up at the, um, like the the front desk, trying to get them to charge my phone, <laughs> and and Preston and Beanie are just like you know chatting on on Zoom, uh, obviously trying to keep the deal alive because you know Beanie's a Beanie's a pretty tough negotiator at times. So he was like, "All right, well, like if you can't do the deal, then like it's off, it's off." <laughs> um, and so Preston was like keeping it alive, and uh, we ended up making the deal with him. Ultimately, I don't really know how how that's turned out. At one point in time, we got an offer on that boiler beat for like three hundred sixty ETH or something. We still hold it right now, but uh, that was the start of the relationship really between uh, Preston, Beanie, and myself. And it was during kind of those conversations that we we started talking about this idea of building IP behind these CryptoPunks, and and that's how. Really, we got his investment into the project and the rest is his history.
1: Love it. <laughs> yeah,
2: that awesome. was wild times. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Love him or hate him. You know, Beanie is an awesome person to keep an eye on. I always love yeah. his uh, his tweets. Always keep me entertained. And speaking it's of never tweets. It's never boring. He, that's for sure. Never boring. That's for sure. Yeah. Speaking of tweets, he tweeted something earlier today, which we'll pull up on the screen right now. Uh, and that's going to lead me to my next question is this here. the BGLD
2: you- thing? Yes, exactly. So you can knew you it talk was coming, a- you knew it was coming. So well, yeah. So I I had not spoken with him prior to him tweeting this. So, you know, when when Blute had come out, um you know, I I think it's like a very fun community, right? Uh there's a lot of like really positive people in the Blute community. And the BGLD thing, there was like a conversation that Beanie and I had, had about, okay, you know, maybe if if blue holders or BGLD holders, they had started to like come into the pixel vault ecosystem and you know, they were contributing a lot. So I thought, okay, you know, like, let's find a way that maybe we can welcome them into the ecosystem. And you'll see my tweet there. Um, and then the BGLD dev rugged, right. Yeah. Uh, and that, that had nothing to do with Beanie. And I know he takes, He takes a lot of uh, smack talk. I don't know if this is a a PG channel, Uh, but yeah, I mean, people talk a lot of trash to him on Twitter about BGLD. And I know that he had nothing to do with that rugging. I mean, he still has like, I don't know, 5 million tokens or something, but uh, I don't know if we'll ever do anything with BGLD. You know, frankly, I don't really want to associate with BGLD because of that rug. Um, But the blue community, I, I like. Uh, I think there's good people in the Blue community. So, you know, I would like to find a way for us to do something nice for them since I, you know, at, at that point in time, when I said it, you know, I, I mean it and I'm a man of my word. So uh, I would like to find a way for us to do something for them since a lot of them have now become like really long time supporters of the project that I, I interact with a lot in Discord and on Twitter. So, you know, if we can find a way to do that, in a way that's like true to pixel vault, you know, we're not going to be doing any sort of like weird blue type text, uh, stuff, but something true to RIP, uh, where, you know, we can somehow reward them and, and, and welcome them into the community. I'm all for it. But, you know, the thing with BGLD is, is unfortunate because I know a yeah. lot of people bought when it was high and then that dev rubbed like, like the entire, <laughs> The, the entire reserve of ETH so you know it, it, it's it's kind of a tough spot because I know he he really cares about the people that sort of like followed his advice and you know granted he says it's worthless but you know I, I know he really cares about the perception of the project and I know he wants to see it succeed so you know if we can do something to to you know, work with that community in a way that's true to Pixel Vault. you know, I'm, I'm happy to do it, but I doubt it'll be through BGLD. It would more likely be just like something in partnership with Glute. Um, but it would be something like that's like actually just like a Pixel Vault project that maybe we can reward Glute holders with.
1: Got it. Nice. So, yeah, we'll definitely keep our eyes on that. Um, you know, speaking of, you know, following, uh, how do you manage the Discord? You know, there's such a big following for the Pixel Vault community. Uh, you know, how often are you in the Discord as well?
2: Yeah, so uh, I would say I'm pretty active in the Discord. Granted, like the last few weeks, I I haven't been able to interact a ton, um, but I do. Anytime people tag me, I do try to answer. But uh, Potamus is is our community manager. He he's like a saint. He's in there all the time, fighting the good fight, uh, dealing with the fudders. Um, so you know, he leads a team of like really amazing uh, community mods we have too many to name right now, but I love you all. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I think that the, that the discord is like an amazing resource because the project is so complex and we do have so many different things happening at a given time that if you're not in the discord, I I can see how people get lost, you know? So finding ways to improve our communication, you know, these weekly spaces, um, I was thinking of maybe having something on the website where it's kind of just like a running list of updates because I mean, if some of these things, if you tweet it, I, I've seen Beanie do it before and it was like 25 tweets long or something trying to explain what was happening. So I don't really think that's the way, but, you know, finding ways to have a running update on our website and, and through Twitter is important and, you know, definitely head into the discord. I mean, if you can get a founder's DAO token, I know the price is down right now. It, I mean, I'm biased, but it seems like a really good deal to me. The alpha in just that channel pays for itself. I mean, we have oh, right. people that started with like one ETH and now have bought board apes and punks and stuff just off the basis of the different projects that they're flipping in, in the founder's DAO channel. So it's a really vibrant community in there. Uh, love those people. Um, I, I highly suggest getting in that channel if you can afford it.
1: I agree.
0: Love it. So one of the things we, we've talked about, you know, in reference several times during this interview was a deal that Pixel Vault signed with WME. So that's something we're seeing more and more now in the NFT space. We saw, uh, you know, CryptoPunks parent company sign with UTA. So I guess my first question here is, you know, uh, how soon will we see announcements on the TV and film side of things for monetization? You mentioned that things, you know, are, you you know, you're constantly talking. Is that something that's going to be communicated, you know, through the founders discord first, or will it be, you know, public information through press releases with these uh, potential media partners?
2: Yeah. So um, I would say that that's really my primary focus right now is finding us a game development partner and a partner for developing the IP Um, for example, today I met with like a really amazing, uh, former top level executive at Universal and DreamWorks, and he's interested in coming on and sort of leading, uh, a team to, to actually develop the IP into an animated series, feature film, et cetera. So, you know, we're speaking with, uh, the who's who of, of Hollywood trying to develop a team, my personal background I've worked in the entertainment space, but more of like support services. So communications, uh, financial tools, et cetera. So I very much know what I don't know. And if we're going to be successful in developing this IP, I think we really need a seasoned, uh, production, executive producer type person. Um, so I'm actively taking meetings in that regard. And then shortly thereafter, we'll be working with, um, I would be working with that person to try and find us uh, a seasoned television writer, uh, which is obviously different than a comic writer, but um, you know, they're all going to need to be very much intertwined together. Right. So uh, actively building out the creative team and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I couldn't be more thrilled with the conversations that are going on behind the scenes and uh, you know, to all the futters, like, Good luck, uh, because I'm building. So, uh, you know, I'll be here, rain or shine, uh, bear market, bull market, uh, Pixel Vault's not going anywhere. So uh, really, really excited for what the future is going to have.
0: Love it. So, uh, you know, you mentioned your media background. So I'm guessing that WME was not the only uh, rep considered here. What did that process look like? And maybe, you know, why was WME picked over some of these other talent agencies for Pixel Vault?
2: Yeah. So, uh, we took meetings with just about everyone. Um, uh, well, I guess all of the large players, uh, in the agency space, we didn't speak to UTA, uh, who, who represent Larva Labs just because, you know, ultimately we're going to be developing kind of like a similar IP. I really don't know what they're planning, but, um we spoke with all the other major players and I I, I wanted to get a sense for sort of their vision for the space. And, um, you know, I I was also really impressed with CAA. I know they're doing a lot to, to build out kind of like a, an NFT division, but ultimately what really sort of differentiated WME for me. Um, so Chris Jackeman, he, he's kind of like, um, a leader in strategy for WME, um, and first off, to have like a CSO take your call, your first meeting, shows like some of the degree of um, you know seriousness with which they're taking your project. So, you know, having senior level executives on all of our initial calls was was really impressive to me that they they take the time and effort to do so. And he's actually stayed like very highly engaged. So it's not just like a lip service that they're paying you off the bat. Uh, Two, with WME, um, you're not really just dealing with one agent, you're dealing with subject matter expertise uh, across a variety of verticals, right? So we have someone who's in like legacy publishing, whether that be comics, books, et cetera. We have someone whose sole responsibility is television. We have film we have uh, like digital media, we have a gaming agent. So you really have like a, a team of people that are, are going out and developing business for you. And uh, while our team is now 18 people strong, I mean, having all of these people whose, whose sole incentive is to develop business for you. I mean, that's the only way they make money. They don't collect a check from us otherwise uh, is really powerful, right? So I think having subject matter experts makes a difference, but really sort of the key, uh, and touching again on this conversation with Chris, uh, in strategy for them, they don't look at pixel vault as an NFT business, which I think pretty much everyone else did. Yes. NFTs are sort of the, the core of our business and, and what will allow us to differentiate ourselves from traditional media players but ultimately we're an IP business leveraging kind of next generation technologies, right? We're still approaching IP in a way that is very similar to what these legacy institutions are doing, but we're doing it in a way that actually benefits the broader community, develops the IP for the benefit of all. uh, And sort of this collective mind uh, of our community all working together to develop this IP, I think is gonna be tremendously disruptive to to sort of like legacy institutions. Um, I mean, you've seen uh, Amazon and Netflix already disrupt what the traditional studios were doing, and I think this is the next logical progression of where that's going. And uh, I, I touched on this a bit earlier, but the the opinions are different now, even in these legacy institutions. Like nobody wants to be Blockbuster. You know, they don't yeah. want to be disrupted again by the Netflix and Amazon of the world. So people are taking our conversations very seriously. I think there's a lack of, of new IP. I mean, you know, the, the Harry Potter's and, um, you know, Game of Thrones of the world have really been few and far between uh, over the last, I'd say decade or two. I mean, Harry Potter now came out, I don't know, 25 years ago. So you're seeing um, a lot of sort of repeat, like, you know, Fast and the Furious 1, 2, 8, yeah. 10, right? <laughs> Eleven. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, they're cool. Like they're fun movies and $300 million movie is nothing to scoff at, but um, yeah. there's a there's a shortage of IP. And I, I think that you're going to see these traditional media players starting to look at the NFT space as kind of like these niche, but very strong and loyal communities where actual new IP is being developed, whether it be us, board Apes, et cetera. Um, cool Cats, you know, some of the other leaders in the space, I think, I think all of us are going to be successful in in one way or another in developing and disrupting some of these traditional businesses.
0: Awesome. You know, so one of the things we, we always try to do on here, we already got a ton of information from you, some updates on the timeline. You know, you're talking about taking meetings and all that different stuff, but I, I always try. So my question is, can you give the Benzinga audience one sneak peek detail about the MetaHero universe that hasn't been revealed anywhere yet?
2: Hmm. Uh. Well, I mean, I would say that that was like a pretty big uh, hint that I just dropped a minute ago, right? Uh, Bringing on uh, an executive to, to develop this, this MetaHero IP Uh, obviously it's going to tie to the punks because it, it, it all works together, but you know, someone that uh, sort of grew up under Steven Spielberg in the very early days of DreamWorks and has led like multi-hundred million dollar projects, being interested in in leading our IP. I mean, if that's not bullish for our project and the space more broadly, I don't know what is. But people see the value in, in what's being created here, and uh, you know, this this was the first the first like big meeting uh, bringing someone in house, but, uh, uh, I mean, I I couldn't have been more impressed with that, with that call. And I think it's really indicative of the direction that, um, you know, these conversations are going to go with WME, uh, making introductions across a variety of verticals tonight. I'm meeting with their gaming department. So, uh, yeah, really excited. But I, I think that if, if, if that meeting that I just spoke about is any indication of sort of the other people that we're talking to in, in traditional media to develop the project, like, you know, there there are, are big household names that are that are looking at, at developing the MetaHero IP. So very, very bullish on the future.
0: Perfect. We'll take it. We we love the hints here.
1: I love that. And the way you painted that, too, you know, I just, you know, it's, it's so clear. I can see it in my head now. We've seen a lot of, you know, YouTubers and influencers take on movie roles to get more viewers. I can totally see that happening with NFTs where, you know, the IP is going to be so important for, you know, to drive such a large audience. So, dude, I'm so excited for that.
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, as the IP succeeds in the broader media, obviously that turns value to the NFTs but also we're definitely going to be finding creative ways to give exclusive content to NFT holders, uh, you know, participation in events. uh, You know, there's a whole host of different ways, but, uh, you know, focusing on uh, driving kind of like the mainstream attention while, uh, you know, making sure to reward that kind of like initial community of builders uh, will, will be our focus moving forward. Love that.
1: Uh, so between Punks Comic, Meta Heroes, and the Planet Sales, uh, Pixel Vault has done over forty-eight thousand Ethereum in volume, top twelve all time on OpenSea with about over four with about over five thousand unique holders. Um, so what advice? Secondary? Yeah, secondary. Yeah. What advice would you have for new projects launching today? Right. So in a market that's you know getting oversaturated, it's such a fast-moving market. Uh, what advice would you give to someone that wants to you know join the NFT community as a creator?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I, first off, I think, you know, hearing those secondary numbers, I mean, that, I, I'm sure that stood out to groups like WME, right? If, if you're in a legacy business and you're seeing how much more effectively things can be monetized in a web three environment, I mean, you'd be stupid, mad to pay attention yeah. in terms of new, new projects, new collectors. I mean, I think everyone that, that has found the most success has brought something unique to the table, right? While, yeah, you can probably make like $3 million doing like a copy paste project that, you know, fades into oblivion in a few days. If you're doing something unique and actually dedicated and involved with your community and, and you know, looking at things from like a long-term mindset, right? Uh, again, I'll point to the cool cats and board apes. Like I, I know for sure that those are teams of founders that like take the long-term success of their project seriously, uh, just like we do. So you know, I I think it's pretty clear uh, when when evaluating these projects what what people's intentions are. I mean, even if it's not a rug or something, even if the people are you know well intentioned and the founders are in chat, if really all they're doing is another just like random PFP, you know what what's going to differentiate that long-term? Like why is the market going to appreciate that project in one year, five years, 10 years, right? So I I think focusing on creators that are bringing something new and unique to the table, whether that be tech or, you know, vision for what can be done with the IP uh, or even just have like a really unique community of supporters. um, I think that's sort of like the key, the key when evaluating new projects and, and what will, what will make successful teams moving into the future.
1: Love that. So we've seen, you know, picks of All, cool cats, board apes, a lot of these projects that started a couple months ago, you know, they've become blue chip. Do you have any projects that you like right now that are on their way there or that are fairly new uh, that you've seen so far in the last hmm. couple, you know, weeks or months?
2: I don't mint a lot of projects these days. Um, I'm just like, Way, way too busy to even follow the mania um yeah. but like I've been following a handful of uh like photography projects um so uh, obviously Twin Flames was really awesome and now you know uh, Justin's kind of like blue chip uh Dave uh Krugman I, I always mess up his last name with Drive I mean, he he. I didn't know it at the time, but he talked about how Pixel Vault and Punk's comic and like the weird mechanics were sort of inspiration for some of the things he was doing there. And then, uh, like where my vans go or whatever, that guy that is just like taking pictures at like insane heights and stuff. Yeah, I've um, seen that. yeah that's. <laughs> whew, I mean, those those pictures make me nervous. So uh, I think that you're gonna see like a new crop of. Oh, uh, cat simmered. I want to say her last name is, uh, with like sort of the outdoor landscape things. And she did like a really cool project. I don't know, a couple months ago where the winner would get to do some sort of like cool outdoor excursion with her. So I I think photography is going to be a thing that you're, you're seeing, uh, gain a lot of traction here. Um, you know, hopefully it's not just PFPs into oblivion, but I mean, again, it, Doing new things uh, inserts risk, right? Like if you could just do a copy paste PFP and make $3 million, like, like why do a comic that's going to sit there and nobody's going to get for five weeks, right? Yeah. You, you have to have the vision. So again, you know, find founders that really believe in what they're doing and are, are doing something unique. Uh, I mean, yeah, look at these photos. It's so insane. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I was looking, I mean, it's already really expensive. So I, I kind of missed the boat. Um, but yeah, I heard, I heard some of his backstory. I think he's like former special ops or something. Uh, oh, yeah. So he, and he's just climbing these things with, with like no harnesses, nothing. So, <laughs> you know, more power to this guy. I I hope, I hope he stays safe, but uh, a <laughs> cool, pretty cool collection of photos. Love that. Yeah. I'd love to see that. Awesome. Well, G-Funk, that
0: did it for questions from myself and Maz and some of our Benzinga team. Uh, if you've got a couple minutes, we could try to rattle through some chat questions real quick. Um, I know we're already past three here, so only if you have time. Um, we'll try to go fast here. So we had a question from Teresa. She said, will the opportunity to win a core ever come up again outside of the Mint Pass?
2: <laughs> oh, oh, okay. No, no. Uh... Ever come up again? Yes. In November, the core giveaways will start again. Um, But no, you will need a mint pass to get those cores. However, we do have kind of like another sort of core like project coming up that's tied to the planets. So, uh, you know, that's going to be something that the community can speculate about, but uh, Odius and Chris are are very much in the weeds there. So that's going to be really cool and and tied to the lore of, of the planets. There won't be as many, but uh, really cool set of characters. So yeah, finding new ways to to reward collectors. But no, the, that that original set of 146 cores is only going to be going to the mint pass holders, which I think there's like I don't know 4,000 or so left.
0: Awesome. And then you, you mentioned snapshots before. We did get a question um, from Yagiz in the chat. When will this uh, Pixel Vault set snapshots be taken? So just any comment on maybe the timeline or how that will be communicated to everyone.
2: Yeah, so we're gonna be taking the planet snapshots for the sidekicks, uh, like the first week of November. In terms of the sets, so the, the sort of Genesis set being tied to the giveaway of the Earth tokens. So again, that'll be like first week or so of November. And then kind of that, that like longer term sort of dangling carrot for the sets with the ultimate conversion to a DAO, a public DAO for Pixel Vault itself. Uh, I mean, that's going to take some time, you know, it could take a year. But the plan is for next year to formally convert to a DAO. And similar to what SR did, where, you know, existing holders, people that have participated in the community to, re- to reward those people, the, the DAO token will not be sold anywhere. So it's just going to go back to our, our original collectors and they'll have a stake in in how the business is run. So uh, really excited for, for that ultimate future. Um, and that's sort of like the long-term benefit of these sets.
0: Awesome. And then we have POW, the Game Currency. Uh, the question from Ben is, will that be public or only available in the Pixel Vault ecosystem?
2: Well, so, I mean, ultimately you'll be able to trade it. Like on on sushi or whatnot, um, but it's not a token that will ever be sold. So uh, it's it's going to have a specific allocation to the identities. It will there will be an allocation to the sidekicks, which will be also good, but not as good as the identities. Um, and then uh, the the remaining tokens are going to flow to the updao, which is sort of the governance mechanism for the gaming platform, and they'll decide. Uh, based on a vote of the planets, um, how and when they want to distribute the rest of those tokens. There will ultimately be a billion POW tokens. Um, and we'll be releasing more information here pretty soon, uh, because staking for, for the identities is going to start probably in the next two weeks.
1: Nice. So we have a, a question from Scott here, who uh, he's asking, you've mentioned, you know, the burnout being real in the NFT world. Uh, do you take personal days off? And if you do, how do you keep your mental health strong, you know, throughout these, you know, crazy times in the NFT space?
2: Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I, I, I mean, I've basically taken no days off. I don't, I don't think there's ever been a day since this started that I've unplugged uh, even, even the trip where I got engaged. I mean, I was like working that morning. So, you know, I try and find uh bits and pieces here and there where I can unplug for a few hours. I know Beanie gives me uh, a lot of grief over, you know, tweeting about sports, but you know, even if I'm working, right. If I'm watching sports, it it gives me kind of like a little bit of a way to unplug. And so I I find that to be kind of like a useful mechanism to unplug, you know, get out, hit a bucket of golf balls, um, you know, exercise you know do you got to do things to unplug even if you're not going to unplug for extended periods of time but yeah. that said I, I totally get that you know some people need to step away for for more time than that and certainly I'm uh it, it feels like I've aged like 50 years in the last <laughs> six months but um yeah I mean finding some time in your day to unplug uh, I think is important but i mean with, with how fast this is growing, I, I really can't step away even for a day. So
1: yeah, no, it's I crazy,
2: it. but trying to push through.
1: Yeah, no, I completely get it. Uh, definitely want to just get some movement and stuff. Some balance is always yeah, you know, healthy, exactly. but yeah. Uh, another Knock question from Scott here. Yeah, exactly. Another question from Scott here is, uh, he's curious to know, has any of the team met in real life, uh, You know, given that NFT communities largely exist on Twitter and Discord?
2: Yeah, so, um, Preston, who who again was uh, was one of the founders of Punk's Comic, uh, he and I met on Twitter about uh, 10 years ago, uh, but then have since become like in real life friends. Um, I have met some like other members of the community it, in LA. We had like a meetup. I met uh, Justin Aversano, Hunter, um, you know, Jacob, uh, the NFT attorney, like a big group of people. Uh, in LA, there's there's actually like a, a pretty tight knit group of people there, but for my my Pixel Vault team, unfortunately, we we haven't had the opportunity to to meet yet in person. Uh, I do have a ticket for NFT NYC and the Virtuot. He uh, I got him a ticket as well. I don't have a flight or a place to stay yet, and I'm not a hundred percent sure I'm going to make it. But uh, that would be. I guess the first opportunity for me to meet anybody on the the Pixel Vault team. I've I've had a lot of video chats with everybody on the team, but not not face to face yet. Nice.
1: Uh last question here from the chat. So if you had one choice, uh, you know, if you if you had one comic, would you burn it for a moondao or hold the comic as a collector?
2: That's really tough. One comic. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, I love the moon. I think it's an amazing token, but if I had just one comic, I would keep the one comic.
0: That's it's like awesome. making me choose between awesome. my yeah.
2: children, <laughs> and children
0: I- pets. Yeah, we come with the hard-hitting yeah. questions here. So,
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the moon dial is going to be like immensely valuable for the development of the game. So, if I had two, I would definitely burn one of them for the moon dial. But since like ultimately everything in the ecosystem all was kind of like birthed by that original punks comic. I mean, I told you, like my whole life was on the line uh, with that comic. So it holds a special place in my heart. And uh, I'm glad it worked out, to say the least.
0: Awesome. Well, G-Funk, before we let you go, um, some of the Discord was following along. And we had to share this comment. Uh, when G-Funk smiles, it makes me smile too. You, you've <laughs> got a lot of loyal fans out there. Thank you. We also had a great comment in our chat here. Um, you know, as someone who talks about stocks a lot, myself writing for Benzinga, we all know the name Elon Musk well, and someone compared you to the Elon Musk of NFTs. And I, I love that comparison. You Same. know, I, I know you use the Willy Wonka one a lot. But i love the nft elon musk being g funk so
2: yeah i mean i i certainly have uh my my hands in in many different baskets like elon does but i'm not gonna pump doge so that's where, that's, where <laughs> I draw the line. that's where the line is drawn in that's the where sand. the line is drawn no yeah. no doge, oh, wow. no
0: shit coins here so uh, no shit coins, yeah <laughs> awesome well G Funk, uh, we kept you longer than, you know, we probably told you originally. So we appreciate you going the extra time with us. We got through all our questions and then some, you know, as someone who, again, has been following the NFT community and, you know, is fully invested and loves it. This was a great interview. We look up to you. Um, So we appreciate your time and we'd love to have you you back on, you know, whenever there is new news and we get some more of that Pixel Vault uh, ecosystem news pumping later this year or next year.
2: Any opportunity to come back out to that that theme music, I'm here. <laughs> All oh, right. Maybe we maybe it. we'll make
0: a new one. We'll have two. Awesome. Well every time you Let's come, we'll just have to add another song. So
1: <laughs> awesome.
0: Well, thanks so much for joining us on the roadmap, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. Well, Maz, I mean we're we're starting to run out of time here. We got the next show coming up at 320. So we have about yeah. seven minutes left. What do you think? Should we run through some news real quick? I mean, there's a lot to unpack from that interview too. I mean, uh, I I loved it. I mean, G Funk again is such a big voice in the NFT community, and this is someone who's you heard him say right, put everything in. He pours his heart and soul into this project, and you know that that question we had about you know so many people looking for a short term NFT, right? They want immediate. When's, when's my next mint? When's my next airdrop? What am I getting for immediate value? Pixel Vault has delivered, but they have a long-term plan. And I really like that approach. And I think, you know, as we talk about NFTs maybe not lasting forever, this is one where you look at and you say, this has got staying power.
1: Absolutely. Well, first of all, shout out to G Funk and the PV community. This has been probably one of my favorite interviews so far. Uh, so much good info. I'm probably I'm probably going to replay it back and you know listen Definitely. to it a couple more times. Uh, but yeah, exciting times, you know, uh, you know, seeing him just, you know, double down on the long term growth of the project makes me bullish on NFTs. You know, they're not looking for short, you know, quick pump. And I love seeing that.
0: Yeah. And I mean, that community, right? We saw it show up in the chat. We had Discords following along watching this interview. I love that. You know, there there is a lot of loyal fans out there. And that's something, again, we talked about on our very first episode of The Roadmap, right? What do you look for in an NFT, you know, when you're looking to mint it or buy in? You want, you know, a project that has demand, but you also want a project that has that community, right? Because without the community, what happens? Yeah, it may take off, you know, pre-reveal or post-reveal. But then we see, you know... The floor drops out. People leave the discord. You know, the interest goes away. I'd much rather be in one, you know, where maybe the floor isn't as high as it's been today, but it's got that lasting power in that community behind it. So I love love Pixel Vault here.
1: And you want a great team running it, right? So one thing I've realized is I'm not a big fan of anonymous teams so far. As of late, just because of all the quick pump and dumps, I do love seeing, you know, how G-Funk came out here. He showed himself. Uh, you know, that makes me even more bullish on projects when people do that.
0: Yeah. And talent representation, Maz. I mean, we talked about that with, you know, Bored Apes, right? And uh, CryptoPunks, both getting deals, right? And now we have Pixel Vault, you know, signing a deal with WME. And as G-Funk said, he's got a media background. So, I mean, it's not like he's new to media and getting into film and TV, but he was able to take these meetings with multiple talent agencies, kind of pick, you know, hey, and I, I love that comment about how you know, WME saw Pixel Vault. You know, maybe not as an NFT company, but as an IP company and an IP opportunity. That's what you know. He tried to build from the start, and it shows yeah. now with that talent deal.
1: Exactly, absolutely, Chris. Um, should we run through headlines? Do we have time for that? Or I, I mean, we
0: can try real fast. We're probably not going to get to them all, but I mean, yeah. again, this interview is just so exciting. So. Maz, it's Tuesday. So last week's top 10, we always like to talk about the top 10 a little bit. Um, Axie Infinity, I mean, uh, you know, stop me if you've heard this one before. Axie Infinity was number (laughs) one on Crypto Slam, $120.8 million in sales volume. Mechaverse, number two, Kaiju Kings, three, Crypto Punks, Mutant Cats, Art Blocks, Board Ape Yacht Club. NBA Top Shot came in eighth place. That's the one I want to highlight. $13.9 $13.9 million in sales volume, up 135%. I mean, you heard G-Funk mention Top Shot, same. right? And when yeah. we had the blue team on, right? Hunter, same Dylan, same. Tropo. They all talked about how Top Shot was kind of, you know, one of the first projects that they got in. So they launched the Run It Back 2005-2006 pack series on Friday. Packs were $169 each. I didn't get one because I didn't have a good enough spot in line but Dwayne Wade, Vince Carter, Tracy McGrady, Kevin Garnett, Shaquille O'Neal, Tim Duncan, Allen Iverson, Chris Paul. Those were some of the names available for the first time in these, you know, vintage packs. Hard to believe that 2005 is considered vintage. Um, but I mean, the the moments, I mean, Allen Iverson moments are going for $2,700, Dwayne Wade's for 2000 So, again, if you were able to get one of those packs, I mean, you you had a chance at a a good profit and NBA season starts, uh, you know, this week. And uh, I think, yeah, tonight. Right. Mm -hmm. Top shot, I think, is peaking again at the right time. I mean, we saw that momentum fade in February uh, or after February, but now it's starting to come back. Uh, What do you think?
1: Yeah, exciting. You know, it's interesting to see how many people join the NFT community because of Topshop. You know, like you said, any most guests we have on, we ask them how did they get started. It's through Topshop, which is pretty cool to see.
0: Awesome. Well, we talked about Coinbase the other day. What yes. can you tell me about Coinbase NFTs, Mass? Yes,
1: yeah, so we'll probably be our last headline here. Coinbase now has over 2 million signed up. Uh, you know, so that's huge. We had the VP product of Coinbase. He tweeted out something here, which we'll pull up in a second, which he said, you know, it's open for all creators, Uh, you know, creators and creativity can manifest from any place in the world. Uh, They're building an open marketplace where any creator will be able to join, create their profile, build a community and sell their NFTs. So they're really tackling that social aspect, right? Every NFT will be minted on chain. Uh, From day one, you can take your NFT anywhere you want, sell any NFT. If you already have your NFT minted someplace else, you can easily list them on Coinbase NFT marketplace. If you prefer, you can also easily mint on Coinbase NFT. You can ta- then take those NFTs to any other marketplace of your choice and sell. So if you prefer, there's no lock in, which is cool. Uh, collectors will be able to buy an NFT using their preferred self-custody wallet. You know, MetaBas, Coinbase, whatever, uh, or simply by signing with a custodial Coinbase account, which is huge because then you just have your Coinbase account already there. Uh, and then money will work, too. So you can probably use, you know, Fiat. So we'll see how that works. Ah, uh, one interface for cross-chain NFTs. We will start with the Ethereum chain, and then our vision is to build single interface that allows collectors to buy any NFT from any chain. That is big, right there.
0: Yeah, there's a lot to unpack from that tweet, right? I mean, this yeah. thread. I, I think the biggest points for me are, um, you know, that you can use your existing Coinbase account, maybe rather than having a wallet, also fiat. And then the talk about the different coins, that's something I brought up when we first talked about this. You know, obviously we talk a lot about Ethereum based NFTs, but there's also, you know, Solana and other projects. And I think, you know, if Coinbase integrates those, we may see those become more popular um, down the road. Well, what do you take away from this Coinbase discussion, Matt?
1: Yeah, this is a big step towards mainstream adoption of uh, NFTs. Yeah, seeing how easy it's going to be for people that already have a Coinbase account, seeing how easy it's going to be for people that already have an open you know, portfolio to transfer back and forth. Uh, you know, Just making it easy, I think, is the key. And they're doing a great job at that from what it seems. So I'm excited for that.
0: Yeah. I mean, Coinbase is going to bring a ton of people to market. I mean, we, we just talked about it, Maz, right? NBA TopShot brought a lot of people to market. And one yeah. of the things that TopShot did, right, was they used Flow so you didn't have to worry about gas wars. And also you could use your credit card to purchase those packs. If Coinbase can do a similar approach, you're going to see new people, right? Get in because you don't have to worry about wallets, Ethereum, gas wars, stuff like that. So maybe, you know, I I mean, we're we're still early, right? We are going to make it. Coinbase is going to be a big event. Guys, we are out of time. Before we we leave though, Maz, as I said at the start, for anyone who doesn't follow Benzinga on Twitter, didn't see our post, hasn't read my article about this week's guest, who do we have coming on Thursday's show this week?
1: So Thursday's episode is going to be one of my favorites so far. We have the founder of Artblocks, Snowfro, joining us. Uh, you know, This is going to be one of my favorite episodes. I'm a big Artblocks fan. I have so many questions already I want to ask. So make sure you guys tune in for that. It's going to be pretty epic.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, talk about a big week, right? Pixel Vault and Artblocks, same Week. We've had some huge interviews before, Maz. I don't think we've ever had two as big in the same week, though. Um, yeah. so if you're new out there, I mean, this this is just the beginning, right? Make sure you come back to the roadmap on Thursday. I mean, look at that squiggle there, Benzinga art block squiggle there on the screen. But we're out of time. But coming up next, guys, we have at the close. So you're going to have Spencer and Joel talking about the top moving stocks of the day, if you are interested in stocks. And then I'm excited, Maz, at four o'clock, we have earnings coming out from Netflix. Tesla. And uh, Tesla. Yeah. and te- So we've got a big <laughs> week, right, of earnings. Yeah. So they're going to be breaking down all the latest earnings. So stay tuned, guys. Don't go anywhere. At the close in that earnings recap coming up next. And as always... We'll see you next time on
1: The Roadmap. Peace out, everybody. Don't miss your free chance to tune into Benzinga's very own Bootcamp series on November 20th. If you're looking to dive into new concepts and grow your account, this one's for you.